Good morning. A little bit different today, wouldn't you say? It's Mother's Day. And, um, and so we have four godly women up here who are going to answer some questions. All the questions have been written by you, some people in the congregation. And um, Proverbs 19.20 says, get all the advice and instruction you can. So you will be wise the rest of your life. So we, that's what we're here for. We want to, uh, we want to get all the advice and instruction we can, and especially as it deals with motherhood today, because this is Mother's Day. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to introduce each one of the ladies as they answer their first question. So let's get right to it. Tiffany Swander, you're first. You're married to Mark how many years? It'll be 24 years this Tw- June. 24 years. How many children? We have two, and they are Michael and Jacob. And then we also have a beautiful daughter in love, Penelope. Yes. And how, how old are your twins? Uh, they will be 20 this August. 20. Okay. Here's your question based upon that. Tell us something you know now that you wished you knew back when you started to raise your children? Yes, I wish someone would have told me that the early most impressionable years would go by so quickly. Um, When you're in the thick of it, you're changing diapers, you're meal prepping, you're in piles of laundry and cleaning the house, and the sleepless nights, you think it's never going to end, and... I need to say that your children will keep growing, they get older, and each stage has its own needs and the focus uh, that they need. As they develop, you help train their character to follow Jesus according to their unique personalities, gifts, and aspirations. Before you know it, they are young adults, and they are making life decisions independently, and it's no longer your your uh, tight-knit family unit, and that's okay. Because Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, and he will not depart from it. So, no matter if you're a mother, a father, a grandparent, enjoy every stage. Trust God to bring you through the struggles And rely on him for your strength and direction. Your children are an inheritance and a gift from the Lord. Therefore, dedicate your children to the Lord. Train them to become fruitful in godly living. Celebrate all the good moments. And come beside your children through the difficulties. Pray continuously for your children. And praise God through it all. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, did any, any country and Western fans here, didn't that first question sound like an old country and Western song from Toby Keith? Okay. Here. All right. Stacy. Yes. Stacy Ingram, married to Ken. And um, I've known Ken longer than you have. You yeah. have. Right. Since he was, since he was a, a, a boy. How long have you been married? We've been married 30 years. 30 years. Wow. 
Yeah. They go five. Fa- and how many children? We have three children. Their ages? Um, 24, 22, and 17. Okay, good. Here's your question. Yes. Are you ready? We'll see. Straightforward, came from the congregation. How can I find my worth or identity as a mother? I think that's a question that we all either have or will struggle with at some point in time. And I think we need to remember that first and foremost, our value comes from our relationship with Christ. As Christ followers, we know that we are chosen. We are adopted as his children. We are daughters of the one true king. We are made in his image to be his image bearers. And that's quite an identity. Also, we know from scripture that God places a very high value on motherhood and mothers. Um, There are very few direct commands specifically for women in scripture, and one of them is for us to teach each other um, how to be moms. Mm. God knows how important the job is and how much we need each other to help us through this. We also see Christ's love for his mother as when he was hanging on the cross, he used some of his last precious breaths to make sure his own mother was taken care of. Now, the world will tell us that anyone can do the job of a mother. Anyone can raise a child. A daycare is just as good as a mom. A school can teach just as good or better than a mom. There's no special value on motherhood. But that just isn't true. I provided child care for many years, and I took care of these kids. I loved them. I played with them. I snuggled with them, disciplined. We did all the stuff throughout a day that a mom does. But as soon as mom came home, I was forgotten, and it was all about mom. Everything was validated through mom because God created moms to have a special bond with their kids that no one else can have, and that's value. But in a practical, tangible way, we need to remember that God created us as individuals. He made us with special passions and skills and hobbies that are just our own. Um, We are still people, not just moms. I remember when my firstborn came, and I went from being Stacy to being Isaiah's mom. (laughs) And I love being Isaiah's mom, still do. But I remember thinking, like, I used to be somebody. I used to have a name. Um, So we need to find ways to be who we are as we mother our children. You know, whatever your hobbies are, incorporate them into your mothering. Do it with your kids. And also, don't be afraid to get time away for yourself. If your spouse can watch the kids, then take some time away. Trade childcare with a friend, or maybe ask someone who's in a different season of life if they can help you out. We can't continue to give to our kids unless we refill every once in a while. We are women who need women, and we're working hard here at Westside to create community, and this is one of the reasons why, is because we need each other. Um, Ask for help and be ready to help. And though the world will tell us otherwise, God tells us that motherhood is extremely valuable and that you as a mother are doing a job that no one else can do. And that's quite the identity. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Susan, Joe. You're married to Joe. And how, how many years married? It's going to be 27 years. 27 in years. How many children? We have two. And their and ages? They are going to be... Rachel is going to be 26, and Vivek is going to be, Vivek is 19. 19, okay. Here is your question. All right. This is an interesting one. Well, they're all interesting. (laughs) How can you help your children develop a godly worldview as they navigate through the many ungodly ideas and attitudes of the culture that surrounds us? 
And after, you just write a book and you can retire on the royalties. <laughs> First off, uh, I want to start by saying that um, uh, I have failed so many times in the role of a mother, uh, but by God's grace and God's wisdom, um, uh, he helped me to get thus far. And uh, to your question, uh, first prayerfully submit your kids to the Lord from the time they are born. Pray for protection from the evil one mm. that is around them as they grow up uh, and to carry them through um, whatever challenges they will face in their lives. And uh, the, most, the most important thing is for them to know Lord Jesus personally, love the Lord, and grow spiritually. For that, we encourage our children to read the Bible. And uh, uh, we did this uh, because uh, we did this consistently because, consistently because whenever doubts arise in their minds, um, they will be able to go back to what they read and discern between what is right and wrong uh, in God's eyes. This helps them to develop uh, strong biblical convictions and they can stand for what is right. They won't get uh, affected by the outside influences and what culture determines is right. We encourage them to share uh, with us what they see and hear around them right from the time they started school and we tried to do it consistently as well. The kids gathered a lot of ideas from the TV programs, movies, internet, uh, their teachers and friends, and they get influenced by what is considered normal in the culture. So as a parent, it's very important to understand where the culture um, stands and what are the challenges that come with it and how it contradicts the biblical truths. Then the next thing we did is we asked our children a lot of questions and tried to understand where they stand on various controversial topics. We used to have frequent discussions around the dinner table uh, surrounding these topics and discuss what the Bible has to say about these topics, which gave us a clarity about where they stand and if needed to bring biblical clarity from a very young age. And then the last thing we also encourage them to share their convictions with their friends and reference Bible as their foundational truth. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Gail, I know who you're married to. (laughs) So how long have you been married? Fifty-six years. You must have gotten married when you were five. Thank you. (laughs) It's Mother's Day. Um, Children? Uh, We have one son and another child that went to heaven too early. But my one son gave me four grandsons. And and the ages of your grandsons? (laughs) 22, 20, 18, and 15. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Of all the traits, what do you think are the top three character traits for an effective Christian mother? 
It was hard choosing just the top three. But I will have to say the first one that came to me was a continuing thirst for God's word to equip me to know and understand God's instructions how to raise my children. Following his word gave me the character trait of being obedient to God. Therefore, I could teach my children how to obey God. The second one is one who trusts God. You can't hope that your children will trust God if they don't see this modeled. Your desire to learn how to trust God puts into practice everything that you've learned from the word, everything that you're trying to be obedient in. When your kids see an example from you doing what God says, giving him my burdens, not worrying when I could, taking everything with thanksgiving. It's a powerful lesson to kids to watch a parent go through something and go through it God's way. And then the third one, I had to choose a humble servant. Now, you all think mom does everything and she should do everything for you, but this isn't true. (laughs) Paul puts it, in honor giving preference to one another or taking delight in honoring one another. As a servant, when things happen, we'll be slow to get angry. And its place will be able to be quick to hear. In this tough day, we need time to listen to our children. Jesus taught that if the Lord and Master of his disciples would wash their feet, that we should wash one another's feet. If we don't exhibit that quality to our children, the, the humility of serving, even as a leader, you serve. Who else is going to teach them? Okay, good. By the way, if you read the Oregonian, uh, look at the comic strip Blondie today. And then go over to Garfield. And you'll get an idea of what the, uh, what the world thinks of Mother's Day. Tiffany, how do you cultivate the habit of prayer and Bible reading in the home? I think the best way to cultivate the habit of prayer and Bible reading is by modeling it yourself. Mark and I would get up early and we'd be reading the Bible and praying when Michael and Jacob would come out into the family room. So they would see us reading the Bible and listening to sermons. Uh, We would pray with them throughout the day and read the Bible with them. And at bedtime, after we prayed with them, we would play Bible stories. You'll have to ask Michael and Jacob about those Bible stories. As they got older, we had them participating in Bible studies that helped them to be in the Word. And we also had positive outside influences such as West Side teachers and mentors and Eagle Fern counselors and speakers that also uh, encouraged Jacob and Michael to pray and read and be in their Bible. And we're so thankful for those positive influences. 
after years of praying and our modeling, though it was not perfect, and training them as best as we could, uh, including going through the challenges of them not wanting to do their Bible study or go to church or go to youth group, thankfully, they finally chose for themselves to follow Jesus because they wanted to have that intimate relationship with Christ. And so they chose to read the Bible and pray on their own. And now I'm happy to say on Mother's Day that Jacob and Michael have grown into godly young men of Christ. And they serve him, they read their Bibles, they pray fervently through the struggles. And they praise him for his blessings. And I'm so thankful. Good, good. We, we did some of the same things. We had lots of traveling missionaries and pastors stay at our home when Joel was growing up. Hey, by the way, don't go away. I've got a follow-up question for you. Give some suggestions for family devotions that would accommodate the different ages in a family and maybe even different interests. Okay, well, this is the fun part. Mm-hmm. I think I got the fun questions. But <laughs> anyway, um, when your children are infants, you can read to them, sing to them, pray for them, and you can have Bible stories on uh, when your busy toddlers are running around, you can get them at the table and you can uh, read to them or you can have the Bible stories on and they can be eating, they can be drawing, they can be building Legos. Uh, another great time to listen to the Bible or talk to them about Jesus is when they are captive in the car. Yes, they will be listening. It is amazing what they internalize. And as they get older, you can have them read scripture and Bible story books, sing songs, and talk about Jesus. School-age kiddos can copy scripture passages, do a Bible study with you, or just simply read a passage and you all discuss it together. Something that I found to be very helpful was that I was involved in a Bible study that also had a children's um, Bible study that went along with it. And so Michael and Jacob would do their study at home when Mark would get home from work. And that would give us a great opportunity to talk about what we all had read in the Bible. And, you know, however it is that your family decides to do devotions or is currently doing devotions, it it changes. There will be times where you're not going to be able to have the fixed time and the fixed place and the fixed study that you're doing And that's okay. Some days you're just going to be thankful that you were able to get them to bed and pray with them. So the key is, though, is to be talking about the Bible and about Jesus with your children as often as you can. Deuteronomy 11.19 says, Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road when you are going to bed, and when you are getting up. The more they hear it, memorize it, internalize God's word, the more they will know who he is and his great love that he has for them. Good. You know, Stacy, there are a lot of books out there, like Parenting, The Strong-Willed Child, The New Strong-Willed Child, because Dob... 
Dr. Dobson wrote a book, then he wrote an, or he updated it. And there's another one called Parenting the Impossible Kid. Here's the question. How do I raise a strong-willed child without crushing their God-given strengths? So you go read those books. No. Um, (laughs) So I think the first thing that we need to do when we find out we have a strong-willed child, and you will find out very early if you have a strong-willed child, um, is just to thank God. You didn't have one, did you? Oh, no, not at all. Okay. No. Um, You thank God for choosing you to raise this special child. It is a big responsibility. And once you've done thanking him, keep praying because you're going to need his help. Um, he has he has um, a special purpose for this child. And whatever he has planned for them, they're going to need that strength of character and that stubbornness in their life to get them through what God has planned for them. The key is to shape and mold that will to be used by him. That's the key, and that's really the hard part. Um, our jobs as mothers is to teach our children to obey God, and that's true of all children. But a strong-willed child has a better way, a different way, and really wants nothing to do with your way. And let me tell you, sometimes their way might be better than yours. Their plan might be better than yours. But the fact remains that they need to learn to obey. So we need to break their will so that it can be remolded and reshaped to his service. But we never want to break the spirit that lies within them because God has put that there for them. Practically, this means that you never lose a battle with them. That's the goal. Not always the reality. That's the goal. Um, We need to lovingly win every battle that we enter into with them. And this is exhausting Because unlike a compliant child, a strong-willed child can turn anything into a battle at any time. I once casually asked my toddler to pick up a pacifier that was dropped. No big deal. An hour and a half later, that stiff-backed little toddler finally bent their will to pick up the pacifier. And as a slight encouragement, that was the longest battle we ever had to face. It wasn't the last battle, but that was the longest. Um, So... They need to know that they have to bend to an authority that is higher than themselves. Um, But they also need to express themselves. As I said before, sometimes their plan is better than ours. And we had many conversations after obedience that they were able to share their ideas with me and share their heart and share why they thought their idea was better. And there were times that I even said to them, you know, you're right. Maybe we will do it that way next time. But the fact remains that you need to obey me now, because as you learn to obey me, you're learning to obey God because he's put me in authority over you. Um, so it's not it's not easy, but don't be afraid to ask for help. Many of us have raised strong-willed child, children to adulthood, and we've lived to tell about it. Um, <laughs> we'd be happy to provide advice. I'd love to sit down with some of you if you have questions and one-on-one. I can't, I'm not an expert, but I have done it. Um, and we can be a sounding board, and maybe you just need a break, and I'd love to give that to you, too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, Susan. Okay, we've touched on some of this, but... What did you do to raise your children with the knowledge of God from a young age? So we tried to live a Christ-centered life in all areas uh, so that uh, we become a role model to our kids. Um, 
but I, I would say that we failed many times. Uh, uh, daily routine we do as a family uh, is uh, family devotion time. Every night before bed, uh, we would sing a song, uh, would take, take turns to read a Bible passage, um, and then we discuss of what we read and discuss uh, personal application a little bit. Um, after that, one person pray. Um, some days, like how Tiffany said, it would be a busy day or when it gets late, we just read a short Bible passage, and um, like a psalm, a short psalm, and pray together at the very least. Um, we started do- doing this as soon as kids were able to read and still make them do this as older children. Uh, in their personal lives, I would always remind them to continue to learn from God's word and practice them, also to pray for even the small things in their lives. We encouraged both our kids to memorize Bible verses. Summers were a good time to do this when they have time off from school to focus on memory verses. The kids also had, uh, while growing up, they had Bible quiz, uh, Bible storytelling, uh, quick Bible reference, <laughs> and... Uh, Yes, so as part of their Sunday school. And um, all of these helped uh, them to keep Bible as an important part of their lives growing up. Another important value that I wanted to practice myself and teach my kids is giving generously to others from whatever God has blessed us with. It starts with sharing a toy when they were little, um, which later translated to giving off their time, money, energy, and other resources now as they are older. Okay, good. Gail, share how a mother can respond in grace to their child who has walked away from the faith. This seems to be an epidemic right now. What would you say? That's a tough question. One thing is an absolute certainty that God loves that child even more than you do. And he is listening for you to pray for him or her. And, and to be encouraged in that. Um, Jim gave a message last, you know, a couple of weeks ago on persistence in prayer. And it would be good to listen to that to see how it's okay to continually throne, uh, storm the throne of God praying for your child. You do want to check to make sure that you in some way didn't have a part in that. And if you did, then you ask God for forgiveness and your child. And then you continually walk in the faith, sharing things of the faith. Do not ever be embarrassed, even if your child is not walking with the Lord. Don't be embarrassed 
to talk about the one you love the most. And then from this point forward, you make sure that you handle everything with kindness. You can express what God wants to express through you in a gentle and godly way. Just know that even though we want to encourage you greatly, there are children that will never want to walk with the Lord. And that is not a fault of yours. You do all you can, and then you have to release them. But again, you never stop praying for them. If you want some encouragement, you can read a book written by Andrew Palau. He is Luis Palau's son and really didn't become a Christian until he was in his 20s. And he was quite the rebel. It's called The Secret Life of a Fool. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah I know that book because I did the editing on the Spanish uh, uh, version of it. Stacy, someone wrote this straightforward. I'm not a mom. What does Mother's Day mean to me? So that's a good question. So this is a day that can you can feel doesn't apply to you because you're not a mom. Or it can even be a very painful day because you want to be a mom. But know that God created you for a purpose, and he's placed you here at Westside for a purpose. You do have a job to do. And we need spiritual mothers in our lives as much as we need our day-to-day mothers. Someone we can turn to who will love and guide us in the Lord. And as mothers, we need people in our children's life who can kind of back up what we say at home. They can, um, they believe the same way that mom does, but somehow the, the information coming from this person, this woman is way better and way smarter and way cooler because it didn't come from mom. Um, <laughs> So as women, we need other women in our lives to build us up and encourage us. Titus 2 tells us that, that, that we as women are to teach each other, the older women to the younger women. And he says women here, not moms. Um, we all have something to teach, something to share, and something to learn. So women are immensely valuable to women. We need each other. And whether you have children, are waiting to have children, or are never going to have children, you are still valuable and integral to the lives of the women and children here at Westside. In the nursery, Sunday school, youth group, or even in a relationship with a mom who just, or with a woman who just needs a mom in her life, you can be that to that person. So while we may call it Mother's Day, we're celebrating all women. Great, great. Susan, what do you do when your children grow up and clam up? In other words, they stop talking freely the way they used to when they were younger. So we ask a lot of questions to, your, to our kids when they come back from school to understand what's going on. Take time to listen well. Do not disregard what they have to say. I should say that I was very terrible in this area. <laughs> and I've always reacted quickly and sometimes judged them wrongly. I'm still working on it. Um, 
I have had apologized to my kids at various times for my behavior. But if you listen carefully to what they have to say, they feel comfortable enough to respond well. It offers them a space to say out loud their challenges and give us the opportunity to bring biblical clarity if needed. But that's a gradual process. It takes time to build that trust. Another thing which I learned is to speak the truth in love without shaming them. I can say that over the years, the sharing between me and my kids have gotten stronger. Now that they are grown up and are away from home, I still make it a point to talk to them on a regular basis and ask what's going on in their lives and share about mine. This keeps the communication open between us and gives me a good sense of what they are going through. Doing this consistently created a sense of transparency between us. Good, good. You know, Gail, when we, we didn't ever ask you how old your son is. He's 51. You knew that. Okay, he's 51. Here's an interesting question for you. How can you bless your children? This is the last question. How can you bless your children? Let me start with a, with a verse so you can see God's perspective on this. The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. You're going to have a life that pleases God. You're going to have integrity. There's a lot of other things that you can have to bless them as well. Consistent discipline will bless them. Being a great wife to their father will bless them. I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to. When, when Jim would leave for long spaces, I became the authority in the house. I was actually on a trip, right? I wasn't, I didn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. He I just was on a trip dinner. for a while. <laughs> um, but when he returned, I figured out right away that I had to return the authority to it because I was so used to telling the kid what to do and uh, so I started giving telling him to go ask his dad for something I knew would be a good answer and just kind of return that authority to him any way that I could show my child that I honored their father respected him would build him up. Even if we're talking about the, the woman in First Peter 3, whose husband is not a Christian. She respects and submits a good wife. And then, already mentioned, has been hospitality. Especially bringing into your house godly examples of people. 
and then cultivate a good sense of humor. Your child would be totally blessed if he's able to laugh at himself at a young age. Because if not, you think everybody's laughing at you instead of laughing with you. And then a gentle and quiet spirit. There's one other that I found this morning. In Psalm 112, How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Remember character trait number one. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. Good. Well, I thank you. I'm going to bless all of you. I'm going to do away with the message because we've run out of time here. But I, and so I'm going to close in prayer. But there's one scripture I just love out of Proverbs 31:28. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. This is a good verse for Mother's Day. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Bless each mother present. When the mothers are tired, Lord, give them your strength. When they feel alone, be their companion. When they feel overwhelmed, give them wisdom and peace. When they are discouraged, encourage them with your divine promises. Oh, Lord, we ask you to provide them today with that what they need from your loving heart. In Jesus' name, amen.